Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five-day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening, and it's been such a blast. There's so many high-vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. You have to love what you hate most about yourself and not just love it. You actually have reverence for it. You are finding the beauty in your most ugly behavior. Hey, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to the podcast. So today we're sharing two important conversations with you. But before we do that, I just want to let you know that we still have a few tickets left to this incredible event that I'm doing in two weeks. And in this event, we are just going to go so deep. We're going to be meditating, journaling. There's going to be sessions with my beautiful friend, Amy Purdy. And Andy Grammer is going to be there with his wife and they're going to be singing and we're going to be going through all of the things that we've all found that have given us that ability to sort of bend this 3D reality and create something that feels really like a dream. I'd love to see you there. We have a few tickets left. You can go to kathyheller.com slash dreams to get your ticket. And if you DM me on Instagram, the first eight people who DM me today, I'll give you a special price ticket. So come to my Instagram and DM me because you will be happy you did. All right. Well, today, the incredible Danielle Laporte is back. She's a best-selling author, entrepreneur, inspirational speaker, blogger, podcast host, creator of the Heart Centered Membership and the Heart Centered Leadership Program. And she's part of Oprah's Super Soul 100. You probably read one of her amazing books like The Fire Starter Session. White Hot Truth, Desire Map, and she has a new book now called How to Be Loving that's coming out tomorrow. It's a guide on how to use the genius of your heart to create conditions for healing, harness the life-changing power of self-compassion, and be more receptive to your higher guidance. We first had her on a few years ago, and then she came back a second time in July to talk a little bit about this book. But in this episode, we're diving in even more. There's some beautiful gems on how to choose loving thoughts, how to find beauty everywhere you look. There's an incredible amount of wisdom packed into the book, so make sure you get yourself a copy. Whenever I talk with Danielle, it's like opening up a spiritual portal, and this was no exception. I know you're going to get a lot out of the conversation, so without further ado, please welcome the remarkable Danielle Laporte. Hi. Hello, love. Let's talk about this new book because there's so much to talk about in it. Like, why did you have more to say on this topic? What was left unsaid in your other pieces that you felt you needed to say now? Growing, life, evolving, pain, suffering, dark night of the soul, radiance, getting to the other side. Like, that was it. And the question that like, really built my life and my career for a long time was, how do I want to feel? And... It is an essential question. It's part of being a spiritual grown-up. You all should be asking yourself, how do you want to feel? And navigating around that. 
but it's not the end game. And the revelation for me was bad day, rough times, not feeling my core desired feelings, still felt connected to God, still felt useful. And it really got down to, I was in the depths of my despair and I was a good friend today. So for me, it's all about relationship containers. And then that combined with more mystical exploration and research about where our feelings really come from, that they really are driven through the subconscious, which is a hard pill to swallow. Just like, really? Because, you know, here's the thing. None of your feelings are original. They are not coming from the conscious part of yourself. Your feelings are actually not coming from your higher self. The soul is not dispensing your feelings. Like that is a big one to get. That's so big. Yeah. Yeah. And when you get that, you realize like, wow, okay, let's just start with love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is a higher state of being. Then you have a new question, which is what do I want to be? What do I want to embody? That's, that's the arc. That's the evolution. I mean, that is so huge. I want to go into that more. That was part of what I was talking about on the live, right? This idea that we don't realize that our bodies are addicted to suffering because cortisol is so addictive. It's more nicotine. And, you know, I've become newly acquainted with the Kardashians. I did not, I missed somehow. Where have you been? (laughs) All 20 years and um, just saw it and became newly into it. And they just had Dr. Amen on the show where he does a scan, a brain scan of Kendall and Chloe's brain. And he's like, yeah, so you know how you think like you're feeling really down? So here's what's going on in your circuitry. Like I can scan your brain and show you what's just being wired and the chemicals that are being pumped into your body. So that that might be contributing, right? It's like, it's not like, oh, like you said, it's not like your higher self saying, this is your cross to bear. It's so much more than that happening that we could actually set down, that we actually have some more control over when we become conscious of the subconscious. So let's talk about that. What are the things that you said you were just sharing, how you were researching this, both the mystical aspect and also just the the way that the mind works. So tell us more about that. Well, this comes from work I've been doing specifically with a healer for the last seven or so years. It comes with looking at models around dark night of the soul. You know, this is like St. John of the Cross stuff. This is science. This is cortisol. And then this is just my lived experience, which is being happy is not necessarily connected to me feeling like my full self and meaningful and purposeful. Your point that you were, you know, making about suffering and cortisol, like for me, the esoteric match to that is that the ego is addicted to suffering and separation. And this was the big revelation for me is that I used to have this approach where I thought my ego is outside of me. It's this thing that I need to dominate, like to be a more spiritual, loving, evolved person. I need to get my ego in check. And that is not it at all. That actually creates more anxiety, panic attacks, suffering. I created my ego. 
you created your fear. You created your neuroses. That dynamic that is so pissing you off in that relationship, that's your thought, baby. And why would you disown anything you created? I mean, any mother, you'd never disown your child, right? If you were well and healthy. So I took a different approach. This is, this is hard. This is the work, the work we're all hearing about now. This is it where you have to love what you hate most about yourself and not just love it. Like you go from like, you know, I have this arrogance. Ugh. You're conscious enough to know, like, that's painful. That's not what I want to be. I am more than this. So like whatever your thing is, you're arrogant, you're greedy, you're needy. Everybody got their thing. And instead of trying to change it, this is way easier said than done. But instead of trying to self-help it into being better, you actually have reverence for it. So you move into, wow, every time I'm needy, it brings my attention to how much love I have to give. It actually brings my attention to how, like, I am so self-sufficient. Every time I am arrogant, wow, it actually brings my attention to how modest I am. How nuanced. That's such a word in our space, right, is nuanced. So it's reverence. And then you get into that level of consciousness where everything is love is not a concept. It's actually a practice. You are finding the beauty in your most ugly behavior. Yeah. Recently, I posted another clip of me speaking with my rabbi who... Really, it was probably like the person who hit control, alt, delete on my life the most. He lives in the old city of Jerusalem. I lived there with him for two and a half years in my early 20s, learning Kabbalah. And he said to me recently that he, he doesn't really watch any TV, but he saw a clip on YouTube of Batman. And he said there was a scene where Batman is talking to the Joker and he says to the Joker, this is it. I'm going to end you. And the Joker said, no, you won't. Because without me, you wouldn't be Batman. And so my rabbi said, listen, you know, your ego is hoping you're going to overcome it. Your ego is also working on behalf of the highest high. Because without that, what do you get to jump over, right? And so we all have an anti-self. We all have a sabotager. We all have, if you put something in the sun, it has an equal shadow. And that is part of the video game that you're playing. That contrast, like you said, that's a gift. And Rupert Spira told me something recently. You know, I said to him, listen, I've been at this a while and my nervous system still has a hard time tolerating immense joy. When there is immense love, my nervous system starts to get wired in a way that it gets aroused. And then I want to put in some kind of fear, some kind of ego, some kind of distance. And he said, of course. Because he said, imagine a moth, we've all seen it, dancing towards the light. It loves the light. But why does it keep moving away? Because this light, which is all it wants, if it actually touches it, it dies. dies. So your ego, if it fully, completely relinquishes into joy, because your ego is the part of you that's there to protect you. It's the fight or flight. It's the part of you constantly checking exits so you don't just float off and get caught unaware. It's why Brene Brown says it's your most vulnerable state, being in a state of joy. You feel really scared on some level. I, I don't agree with that. 
Okay, well, I want you to respond to that anyway, because I thought that was so beautiful that he said, if your ego actually allowed you to feel fully enjoy it, your ego would die and it doesn't want to. But tell us more about that and why you don't agree with that. Let's start there. Mm -hmm. I'm down with what Rupert is saying, which is we're here in duality. I am energy in body. We have these dimensions. So there's always going to be this contrast, this push and pull. And part of that contrast is wisdom and ignorance and light and dark and higher self and ego. And yeah, you get closer to the joy. You get closer to your higher self. And the darkness, the density is going to say, but, 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 but what about me? And you're going to say, and this is where you become the God of your own life. You say, I love you and you're coming with me. Yeah. And so the darkness becomes light. It all gets back to light. But this is, I mean, really, this is a conversation about the triplicity, right? And this is where the mind gets tripped up. Is like, how can it all be love? And how can it all be God and light? If clearly there is this experience of darkness and separation and evil and pushing against. And it's like, all that stuff has just forgotten but it all still comes from source. It all gets back to the light. It's like there's the light, and then there's the light being the light in this dimension, and then there's the shadow that the light casts. But it all, something creates it all, which is so inclusive, <laughs> you know? But where I'm, I step aside from like agreeing with joy being threatening is I don't think joy is the most, our most vulnerable place. I think when we're in joy, we are more robust and radiant and strong and clear thinking, true reality thinking than ever. What happens is the ego comes in, the wound itself comes in and says, you should be afraid of this because this is unfamiliar to me. Joy is not how we live. We, we don't live in a constant state of joy. And so that's what's scary. But the joy is what's real. And what I have learned myself and what I often say to people is that moment of intimacy, that connection you had with someone, the high of the day, that was you being out of this illusion. Th that was a moment of truth. It's just, we don't believe it because, you know, for most of us, we're just stringing together those pearls of true reality moments and trying to get back there. It's interesting, like Esther Hicks will say that, you know, we have this notion with our joy, but with our physical health, we expect to feel healthy physically 100% of the time. Like if you were feeling, we're mm -mm -mm. honest about your, your joy level every every week that goes by. It's like today's Friday, right? So. How much of this week were you at peak joy? Were you at peak joy 95% of your week? Were you at peak joy 18% of your week? Peak joy. And people were like, no, I was at peak joy 1% and actually not at all this week. So then, and then I didn't believe it. Right. So I got my 1% and questioned it. So she would say like, isn't that interesting? Because with your physical health, if you went week after week, and you didn't feel fully healthy, and you said, well, yeah, no, 70% of the time, I feel really nauseous. Your friend would say to you, go to a doctor. Or if you said, no, no, 68% of the day, I have a headache that I can't bear. 
they'd be like, that's not a thing. Like you need, but we accept that we should feel healthy physically 100% of the time. We don't even believe it's a possibility to get beyond the fight or flight, this one level of the brain where it keeps firing and wiring this cortisol. We believe that that is life. That's adulting. That's being here. It's like the more you meditate, the more you memorize how it feels, you actually get longer periods of time yes. where it's actually not your experience. And then you physically memorize how it feels and you don't keep sucking in the exhaust fumes of cortisol and you go, oh, that's actually not a thing. I'm not meant to be unhappy most of the day. I'm really actually made just like a palm tree is made to thrive so am I. Just like a dolphin is made to thrive all day, every day, so am I. The only thing not thriving in this entire ecosystem is a human being who is perceiving the world as separate. When you perceive the world as separate, there's scarcity, there's heaviness, the other waves are out to capture you. It's like, no, you and these other waves are this ocean and there's no problems. They all disappear, all of them. You're just perceiving that things are separated and they're actually not. So you keep going into fight or flight and that's what you can actually be liberated from. And this is why you healing you is the greatest activism that you can enact. Listen, yes. You be in the heartbreak and the devastation of what's happening on the planet. You don't push it away. You, you cry with others. You make your donations. You realize, you know, women who are fighting to dress a particular way, we are not all free, not all free. And you feel that. And, you know, we hear so much about expanding consciousness and being spacious. Spaciousness being your own parent, all of those phrases we have, is when you say, I'm going to hold this pain and I'm going to do everything I can right now to choose joy. I'm going to be conscious of this part of my body that's aching and I'm going to be aware of my vitality. I'm going to be conscious of the flooding that's happening and it's going to help me be more grateful for my cozy, warm apartment. So it's like you walk through aware and you choose what you're going to focus on. But you you carry the pain with you. There's no pushing away of the pain anymore, everybody. I mean, the way that I look at it is a day, not if you live in Alaska, but if you live in, a, in another place, you typically get 12 hours of sunlight mm. and more or less you get 12 hours of darkness. Mm. And if there was 24 hours of light and that's what we all experience, we wouldn't know what light is. We would just say, there's this thing happening. Mm. But then, darkness we go oh that's darkness and that's light and in this universe there is balance and so for every negative contrast that exists there is an equal amount of light and so to me it's interesting that we keep talking about it even because it's like that's just the way it is there's balance in gravity there's balance in everything so with the seasons you don't go oh my god it's winter everything is dying it's dying it's bleak it's dying there's no life on the trees you're like it's amazing it's gorgeous i love the snow i love the winter because when after the winter comes the spring we are constantly right people who are 
People who are dealing with very hard things, they create opportunities for people to have compassion. There's, there's, there's so much going on on an energetic dimension. Like I was saying the other day that reading Einstein recently more, I've been reading it so much over the last 20 years, but Einstein says, hey guys, there's not three dimensions, there's 10, right? So the 3D, this physical thing you perceive, the fourth, fourth dimension is time, the, five, the fifth dimension is beyond space and time, and if you keep going, the universe is so elastic. It's got so many different vibrations. There's so much dogs can hear whistles that we can't hear, right? There's things you can't see. So there's many dimensions to what's actually happening. And this is just scientific, right? This is just really seeing reality as it is, not reality as it is. And when Deepak Chopra was with me recently, he's like, do you know you have 55 trillion cells? That's more than the stars in the Milky Way. And as you play a piano or eat dinner or go to sleep or make a baby, your cells are charting the rhythm, the circadian rhythms of the planets and the stars, whether you know it or not. They know it. They're doing that. That's how smart your body is. That's how in tune you are connected to the rings of Saturn. You just don't see it. But just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't mean it's not happening. So to me, it's amazing. It's like people just keep choosing a focus of what feels like they should choose. And meanwhile, there's this, this whole picture to look at. Step back. See it feel it right and then oh my gosh how much more well-being can you add to this one symphony how much more can you add to this wholeness to this ocean and that's really what we're talking about so we want to be more loving so tell us in your book and in your life how are you helping us do that what can we do today today by the end of today how can we be more loving mm. you can choose loving thoughts I think there's a, a set of characteristics for loving thoughts. One is you have to believe it. So if you are, you're standing in the mirror and wanting a perfectly healthy body, you can't give yourself a fake affirmation that I am in perfect health. I am at the weight I want when you're not, you're lying to yourself. It creates a schism. But if you can believe that you have the capacity for perfect health, and, and look at yourself and say, I have the capacity to heal. And that's the loving thought you believe that day. And then maybe, and then that seeps more into your psyche. And then maybe the next day is, I am healing. And this is the warriorship that is talked about so much in the personal development space. The warriorship is every low vibe thought, every thought that tells you separate, not enough, etc against yourself and other people. You have to replace it without judgment. It's so refined. So it's like, you don't get down on yourself for criticizing yourself. No more criticism on top of the criticism. Just stop. You witness it. You're big. You're spacious. Had that thought. Doesn't even have to be interesting. You don't even need to be interested in your thoughts, really. Oh, had that thought. I'm going to choose this thought because I am creating this. And the thought is a loving thought. The other characteristic of loving thoughts is there's nothing rebellious about it. So sticking with the body metaphor, this is not about saying it's this energy, right? You can say the same thing, but with different energy. You're not saying I am so beautiful and attractive, which has got this little kind of, you know, screw you world vibe to it. Forget it. It's not you against the world. It's not even you against your shadow. It's you with 
your soul. So the declaration is from my love, I am beautiful and attractive. And there's no, there's no claw to it. And then I think there's like a universal quality to loving thoughts. Like it's going to work for you. It would probably work for someone else. And you need to write those thoughts down, choose those thoughts 900 times a day. This is the training. This is it. Energy follows thought. This is the work. I want to say something to you that you did for me personally. Uh, first of all, I don't know if anybody knows this. Why would you? But years ago, before I ever had a podcast, before I ever did a, wrote a book, before I ever did anything, you were the first person that I saw in the world who I thought, that is a model of a whole way of being in the world that I would want to emulate. And it actually is the reason I decided to be part of this space, creating a platform, starting a podcast. So Danielle, thank you for embodying magic. One, I don't think I ever told you that. No, that's amazing. Two, because I knew you before I knew Brene, anybody online. I didn't know any of that stuff. But anyway, anyway, number one. Number two, you said to me, the first time I had you on my show, four or five years ago, you said, you can be crushing it. Your friends can say to you, look at you. You have a big, beautiful business. You go to yoga. You have wheatgrass shots. You're nailing it. Yeah. You can know inside this is an addiction. You're addicted to productivity. You're on the outside looking like you're checking the boxes. And I, at that time when we were recording that first episode, we were just doing it audio. I was crying, sitting on the floor, crying. And I was like, she's talking to me. She's, and you did. You said, listen to that. And so what I want to say is, since everything's a freaking hologram, and all we do all day long is we perceive based upon aspects of you. You know why you didn't like what your mother-in-law said? Something in you is coming back at you, right? It's a resistance you have. So it's like, if you want to be loving, one of the big, big things is how could you be more loving to yourself today? How could you be in resonance? And one of my favorite new things I learned about a year ago, I've been saying it over and over, is that if you take two guitars and you put them on a table next to each other and you pluck the F string on this guitar, the F string on the other guitar moves. And the C string, if you pluck it, the C string on the other guitar moves because in actual vibrational form in this reality that we live in you can see it scientifically that we resonate and then what resonates in us resonates in other people so if you want to give other people love you have to have it in yourself you have to open your heart you have to be a mommy to yourself you have to love on yourself you have to set down your addiction to whatever it is and sit beside yourself as a loving witness yes and you can feel crap about yourself and you are still capable of loving somebody else. Because I'm, I'm not down with this theory of you got to love yourself to love other people. If we're all one, as we are, what does it matter what instigates the love? Whether it's you getting over your own self-criticism or it's you just being helpful and gentle yeah. with somebody. And because I've, I've seen this and I've experienced this on my, you know, on rough days of people who, you know, low self-esteem, not have it together people. And they got moved enough to 
forgive their brother after all those years or to volunteer or to change their business model. And that expands that. They, it just comes back. It's that infinity loop. So if we all needed to be so in love with ourselves to love other people unconditionally, that we'd be hooped. We would not be making any progress. Yeah. I mean, really, it's twofold. It's what you just said. And when, when we give things away, that's when we actually receive them anyway. Yeah. yeah. You could have money sitting in a bank account, but you don't feel it until you give it. You buy yeah. cause. You, you spend money on the retreat. You just felt it because you spent it. You give, and then you actually get back what you just gave. So there is a truth in that. And what does it mean to love yourself? What is the self? Well, the only thing that's the self that's separate from you and me being one is this ego, right? So if it's hard to love your ego, I get that because we've created these pretty gnarly egos. But if you could love somebody else, that really is loving yourself because there's only one self. This ocean really is only one ocean. The waves are not separate. That's impossible. So that's another way that you can get access to it. And we just celebrated Rosh Hashanah and the rabbi at services here said, you know, a lot of you are sitting with your kids, so I'm going to talk about Frozen, because you've all seen it. <laughs> that, you know, Elsa was so hard on herself for so long. She had so much shame around this thing that she felt she was doing when she, you know, hurt her sister and could hurt people with this power. So she locked herself away with all this shame. And he said, what winds up happening is her sister loves her anyway. And then she exclaims, love, of course, love will thaw this. And he said, you know, shame is keeping, keeping yourself locked away, keeping a secret when you speak something out loud, right? And you say, I'm broken. Someone else goes, me too, right? I have an ego that's broken too. And all of a sudden from that place of releasing shame, you can heal it. You can overcome it. And so I think that is one big step for mankind is to let go of shame because who do you want to be friends with? The person who goes to lunch with you and tells you she has sex every night and everything's perfect? Or the person who's like, yeah, I'm a hot mess and I'm figuring some things out and some things are feeling really good. And what's, what's with you? You know, like, I think there's just this perception that in order to love yourself and other people, there's an expectation. And then there's a lot of secrets for no reason. I think we're all capable of being brave and broken and sabotaging. And it's like, cause that's what your ego does. That's, you know, and the greater power you have for good, the greater your ego is going to come at you because it's got to have a balance of, of, of shadow there. So what is it? It's just something we can all marvel at and witness together. So I love that you're doing this work. I love that you're writing these books. Tell us when the book is coming out. It's very soon. It's in like a week, right? Yeah. The book is out on October 11th. And what's happening now is, well, I'm starting to hear about the book, which is great. <laughs> so I'm hearing that you know, the book is an experience. You become more gentle when you get into this material. Some people are saying it feels like a little affronting and that's a good thing. It's like what they've been needing. The general response is it's right on time. And the specifics of timing is it's available wherever you want to grab books now. And if you go get a couple copies and you come to daniellelaporte.com slash how to be loving, then you get an invite into church. So on Sunday, October 16th, we're going to do an online two-hour church event. Leanne Rhymes is going to come and sing to us from her new album, God's Work, which is beautiful and sublime. And everybody should go to Spotify right now and dance all weekend and cry all weekend to God's work. And beautiful chorus, 
who feel like, you know, the OG songstresses of this space are going to be singing for us. And then Michael Beckwith is going to be there to just do what only Michael can do with the blessing. Look what you created. That is great. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. And all sorts of other lovely things. But the vision is that there's a softening that happens through how to be loving. Yeah. (laughs) It's so beautiful. And, And what's so beautiful is your unrelenting wanting to just keep giving. You're relenting, wanting to melt away more suffering. And what's really beautiful, Danielle, is that you go first. It's so obvious that you are the one you're teaching first. And as you jump over these beautiful divine hoops, you are able to hold our hands and help us jump again and find there's a hole through the looking glass. There's a whole other way to show up here and set things down. And it's been so cool to watch you continuously like come to the table and say, where is there more space? Where is there more space? And then you're bringing us there. So thank you for doing that work. And thank you to everybody for being on. And I can't even imagine how anyone doesn't want to be at that event. So go get the book because that's an amazing event. And then you'll have the book too. Yeah. Anne Rhymes, Michael Beckwith, beautiful chorus. And you is like such a jackpot. Um, is there anything you want to leave us with today that you're hoping when people read this book, they take with them. Yes. That forgiving is your natural inclination. So everybody like, actually you want to forgive. It's your default. So when you move into accountability and I need to be right and let's, and, and, you know, the ego is so tricky. It's like for spiritual reasons, you know, out of love, I'm going to make sure there's some accountability here. <laughs> I just want to say, no, 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 no. You know what you really want to do? You really actually want to let it go. And I think if we just just entertain the concept that forgiving is your most natural response and to not talk yourself out of it, revolutionary. That is so good. I love it so much. When Marianne Williamson was with me, I said, what's one thing everyone can do today? And she said, think of three people you're holding a grudge towards. And even if your side of the road you think is squeaky clean and theirs isn't, even then, send them a text and say, I love you. Because that is going to rebuild the world. And I love that you said the same thing. Like, that that's where we get back to. Like, Yes. So good, Danielle. I wish we had all the time in the world, but we really do on some level. <laughs> yes, we really do. This was- We're doing an IG Live on another dimension right now yep. while everybody goes and buys the book. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We will put the links up and all of the things. Right on. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for your light. Thank you, everybody. Mwah. Mwah. Love. Isn't Danielle amazing? All right, now I want to share a piece of a coaching call I did with my mastermind last week. Usually I give them a little pep talk before we start coaching in hot seats, but this time I had a lot to say, and I think it's really important for all of you to hear. So take a listen. I feel like we should have a little conversation with everybody about bringing in money right now. That's what I feel called to talk about. So here's the thing. If you're not experiencing a tremendous amount of abundance in your life in this moment, there is a good reason for it, a really good reason for it. It's the same 
thing with, with anything. Like if you're not experiencing the most incredible relationship in your life, if you're not experiencing great sex in your life, if you're not, there's always a really good reason. And that reason is the following. If there is anything about what you're saying you want that you perceive as creating the opposite of joy is creating pain. You won't allow that into your experience. And so the more that we actually look at this, it's really, really, really in the blind spot. It's really in the blind spot. But essentially every single day, your mind is an artifact. Your mind is a record of everything you've thought and everything you've experienced. And what it does is it creates a cage. It creates a trap. It creates a limit. It creates a perimeter. It creates a place that you stay operating from. It's a level of mind. It's a signature. It's a certain continuum of all that's on the buffet. And you will just live within that level of mind and you will operate there. And what's usually there is some version of, if this comes into my life, there's a cost. And so yesterday we were talking with one of us and it was really just beautiful, the opening and the willingness to share. And she said, if I really ask myself about money, I do feel there is a sense of pressure. Like when I raise my hand to be paid, I don't want to disappoint anybody. And I also feel a lot of pressure. If you feel pressure, if every dollar that comes in is a unit of pressure, why would you allow that into your life? You don't want pressure, right? And for some people, that's the story. When it comes to receiving, there is a lot that they feel they now have to give in in exchange. And then there's another thought which comes up for a lot of people, which is it's codependency, but it's masked as I'm holding the other person's responsibility. I'm in charge of the other person's results. I'm in charge. I'm so powerful. It's all about me, including how this person experiences what is between us. Their perception is mine. Their experience is mine. Their reaction is mine. So I'm responsible for their experience. There's going to be people who walk out of the same restaurant and somebody goes, "Ugh, that was disgusting. And someone else is like, that's now my favorite restaurant. You just can't own what's not yours. So it's not up to you, right? Your job in this world is your best yes. And your job is also to remember who you are. You're not that impressive. And you have to stop flattering yourself because it's God that's impressive. It's the infinite stream that's impressive. It's love that's impressive. It's light that's impressive. It's creativity. It's empathy. It's energy that's impressive. And that energy flows through us when we move out of the way, when we set down our burden of having this illusion that this separate self that we've created in our mind is going to somehow knock the ball out of Fenway. It's never going to happen. Every person who's ever done anything amazing allowed themselves to overcome themselves so that they could be a vehicle for an infinite light for something 
actually jaw dropping, which is just the energy of connectedness. The only thing other people are searching for is that oneness, is that connection to the infinite. It's a God-shaped hole. It's not your face. It's you get to be a catalyst for something so big. And we all have a capacity to bring that energy into the space. How do we do that? We set it all down. We set down all the scarcity. You stop playing to people's egos. You stop playing to all the things and you just show up with power, with force that comes through you. It's not of you, but it comes through all of us, right? So that's really who we are, by the way. We really, at the core, we're an extension of that, right? So the credit we get is for being in alignment with the ultimate source of all all power. So the more you really get this, you realize like, whoa, I'm just really sticky around money. So it's not coming. It's not going to change until that shifts. When you shift that energetically, it's going to come in a zillion ways, And remember, that's the only way it comes, right? Like you can have the best laid plans and you can try to do it that way where you're like, I'm in control and I'm going to predict it. I'm going to design it. And then you can basically co-sign that you're not available for it to come through the infinite, incredible, divine download. Like all the coolest things that happen just kind of catch you by surprise. I mean, yesterday was a surprise because my agent told me there's going to be something in Variety magazine. She told me that a week ago. And I thought, and she thought that there was going to be literally like a mention in Variety that I signed a very big podcast network deal. And that wasn't what happened at all. Instead, they reached out to Simon & Schuster, read the first like few chapters of my book, and wrote a whole thing on my book and Abundant Ever After and what I'm up to in the world. And then at the very end, it's like Kathy Heller signed a deal with AdLard. She's hoping to expand her podcast audience. It was like the last sentence. And then in Variety, there's like a photo of me and all these things that like, I, I was never asked to comment. There was no, there was no interview. Like somebody just decided to focus on what they wanted to focus on and. It's it like it was it was a total surprise. All of it, what they wrote, how they decided to position it, how big of a deal they made out of it. I got calls yesterday from so many people, right? And I was just like, huh, my whole day was a surprise. I woke up yesterday and sat down with Ralph Macchio and talked about the karate kid, because that's what his new book is about, and cried my face off. And then my agent's like, Oh, you're in variety. Oh, you should read this. And I was like, why do I ever want to predict it anyway? What a bore. Like this is so much more fun, right? So it's a signal. It's a freaking radio station. Like it's just going to be matchy matchy to whatever's here. So I might've thought like in my mind, they're going to write something very concrete in two sentences at the back of the trades about something that I did. And it's going to be this big, right? And instead, maybe on some level frequency wise, it was like, No, what you're doing is spiritual. It's about the book. It's about the content. It's about being abundant. It's about this. It's about overcoming what you've overcome. And I'm like, cool. Like I never would have predicted that. Right. And so it's just crazy. Like my whole life is a surprise. So you get to live inside of a 3D life 
that you can predict, that you can see, or you can be available for what's so much bigger and better and brighter and more exciting, right? And so you have to be willing to set down how scared you are and you have to be willing to just shift the energy. It takes a second. It literally takes a second. And you're like, whoa, hang on a minute. Where have I been playing? What's been my emotional habit? What's been my vibrational frequency? I've been playing in like, here's what I'm selling. Here's how scary it is. I don't know how much effort I can put in and how much salesy work I have to do and how much am I trying to convince people? And it's just like, that is the wrong orientation. Like you're not making money that way. No one ever has. That's why they feel so salesy because they're like, here I come to try to convince you. And now I feel so pressured. And now this feels so bad. And how many more posts do I have to do? And it's like, that's never going to be the way that you are going to make money. It doesn't work. It's exhausting, right? You wouldn't want it to work that way anyway. What you want is to just show up in your life with a fireworks of energy. You want to start your day and be like, I feel freedom. I feel abundance. I feel sexy. I feel fierce. I feel powerful. I feel creative. And next thing you know, you're going to be dancing through your kitchen and you're going to be enjoying things. And then you're going to have this whisper of this idea, like, this will be cool. I'm going to talk to so-and-so. I don't know. Maybe I should do this. And then they're going to perceive you as being like this live wire. They're going to be like, Ugh, every time I hear you or get a text from you, I'm just so about it. Like, I'm just so about it. And you're going to be like, me too. I'm about it too. I'm not worried about it. Like, play that One Republic song all day. I ain't worried about it right now. Like, not worried about it. What is there to be worried about? We're here. We're breathing. We're alive. It's a fucking blast. Like, just enjoy it. Get creative. See this whole thing. Like, right now, you can't see it, but I can. The light is hitting the air. And you've all seen this in your life. So right now, because of the way the light is hitting the surface of the oxygen in this room, I can see all the molecules that are floating in this room, right? But normally you can't see that. And you're like, there's nothing in this space. It's just blank space. It's like, no, that's where all the good shit is. It's in all that space. It's in all that area. That's what you're playing with. You're playing literally like as I do this right now, all those little like dust particles are moving, right? And they take up mass, like there is matter to it, but it's mostly energy, but I can actually see it because of the way this skylight is hitting the room, right? Forget it. Get out of the 3D. It's, there's nothing there for you. There's nothing good. All you want is to connect with your real power, right? When my friend Amy Purdy is like, yeah, so they said, you cannot get on a snowboard, It's not doable. She said, just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean I cannot do it. And then she literally spent a year working with eight engineers and being like, cool, we got the feet to stand in the snowboard, but we can't get them to bend in a way where I can jump. Let's do it again. Now we've made feet that can jump, but those feet that can jump can't actually take this hill in this turn. Let's do it again. And then they did. And it was this awesome Rubik's Cube, which was made out of this. It was made out of the passion. It was made out of the imagination. And she said every day that went by, she just could close her eyes and she could feel the wind in her hair. She could feel it. She could see it, right? You don't want to make money by showing up and asking people to create offers with you. Like you want 
to be fully charged. You want to live in this world like a live wire who's like, I'm available for all of the good stuff. And so you then show up that way. And next thing you know, people are like, I can't wait to work with you. And you can put things out there. You can test things. You can say, Ooh, what do you think of this? Let's go. Let's do this together. But what are they buying? They're buying what the transmission is. They're buying how tapped in you are to reality itself. They don't want to buy a box. It's not interesting. It's not sexy. There's nothing in it. It's empty, right? But they can feel truth brings us home. So when you're connected to actual truth, you're connected. That's why I say like, Read autobiographies of visionaries, read a book on Nelson Mandela, study Amy Purdy, watch her TED talk, listen to Howard Schultz, read about it, like spend time around the people who built what they built with their divine return to their infinite potential, not because they played in a box because there's nothing there. It's a crap show. There's nothing there. Like my kids hear me say it over and over again, like, you're not going to college. You're just not. So you're going to have to get excited about what you care about. And I want you playing with it now. Like I want you playing with riding horses, playing like yes, Sunday, we had a chef come to the house because my daughter's so naturally inclined to want to be in the kitchen. I'm like, let's nurture that. Let's have you play in the kitchen. Like let's work on that now. Let's get excited about that now. Cause come 16, what are you going to make? And then you're going to make something totally different when you're 26 and you're going to make something different when you're 45. And it just doesn't end. Like your creativity is just nonstop, right? The people who are truly creative, they don't just work in music. They also work in fashion and they make their own vodka. Then they produce their own movies. Then they're building their own houses. Because once you turn on the faucet of creativity, it doesn't stop. This is how you make money because you're a match for it. This is abundance. Your abundance is your creativity. Your creativity is in your joy. Your creativity can only be turned on. You can't create from lack. If a deer is in fight or flight, it's not in repair. There's nothing creative happening. It can't, right? It can't go into creation mode. It can't even create cells in its body, right? So when you're in fight or flight, you cannot create. Creativity is actually the hook into abundance. It's not about money first. It's creativity first. How do you get creative? You got to be in wholeness. If you're in doubt and lack and shame and worry, and you just keep playing there and you're like, I'm going to be honest with you. I play there every day. Then there's nothing to talk about. We got to move that, right? Because once you're in a place where you start to feel jazzed and lit, you're going to get creative. Once your energy is creative, you'll be available for this out of the blue thing to hit you every single day. You'll be like, Kath, but it wasn't a one-to-one equation. I got creative, but then this thing happened, which was totally out of the blue. I'm like, no, but that's how it works because you've just created an opening for it. So we are meant to be creating, right? And you want to create an opening. You want to create the ability for this to come in. You want to allow this in. So when you're sitting there, just check in with yourself because it's very addictive on a physical level. You'll check in and you'll notice she's right. Like mea copa, like actually it's been 11 days. I've been feeling like shit. How do you expect to make money in that place? You can't, right? You just can't. How do you expect to be creative? You physically cannot create when your body is in that level of stress and worry, and concern, and lack. And what that really is, is you've separated yourself from the creator. 
you've separated yourself from source because you're worried because you're an ego. You're worried because you've decided that you're a wave separate from all these other waves. And now you're really worried. You forgot you're connected to the ocean. You got to move back into the ocean. And that's why I meditate every day. I meditate every morning and every night before I go to sleep. I go to sleep listening to a meditation every single night. You don't have time to do that. Of course you do. You lay your head on the pillow at some point, right? Put on a meditation, go to sleep. Don't, don't you dare not do that. What are you doing? Your body is chemically against you. Okay. Your body is not going to leave you, give you a vacuum. So it's either going to flood you with cortisol because your mind wants to be stimulated and your body has a job where it just goes back into the past. But if you get ahead of it, you're going to be able to give yourself dopamine and oxytocin and serotonin. And not only that, you're going to just get to memorize, oh, this feels so much more about, you know, more like myself. So twice a day, at least twice a day. And if you can't take it on for like a long period of time, do five minutes in the night and five minutes when you wake up, right? Sadhguru was just talking about, there's four levels of mind. There's your intellect, which most people think has all the answers. It's actually keeping you from the stream, but we pour into the intellect. That's what we do with kids. Memorize this, think this way, read this book, take this test, like intellect, intellect, intellect. Like that is literally the barrier, but that's number one. The second level of mind is your memories. It's your memory bank. It's what's in there. And it repeats over and over and over again. The third level of your mind is your identity. Ooh, that's the most dangerous one. It's all the things that you tell yourself you are, which separate you from God, separate you from what you're, what you're really about, which is your consciousness. So your identity is like, I am a Floridian, a woman, a a 40 year old, a mother, a sister. It's like, yeah, right. Hold on to it. Yeah. Hold on to that. You know what I mean? You are consciousness. You are a soul. You are electricity. You are the I am, right? That's what all meditation is trying to get you back to the witness of it all. The witness who you were when you were conceived. You weren't a mother yet. You weren't 40 yet. You weren't a Republican yet. You weren't a Democrat yet. You weren't this yet. You weren't that yet. That was already you. You were already there. What that is, that's you. Life force, energy, consciousness, right? So he says, those are the three levels. And the fourth level is who you really are, your soul, your consciousness. It's called chitta, right? So you're trying to get to that place of chitta, that level of mind. If you are playing in the levels of intellect, identity, and memory, there's no abundance in it. It doesn't contain abundance. It contains separation, ego, lack, and the predictable past. So if you live in that place, you will keep living from and to it over and over again. You've got to make one turn inside and move into this place. And as soon as you get to this place that's witnessing all of it, you can't help but feel equanimity because that part of you is good. Like that part of you is enjoying, is blissed out. That part of you, the default is forgiveness. The default is empathy. The default is creativity. The default, because it's so palpable, so powerful. That's all it is in its core. So when you play in that space, you go, oh my God, I can't wait to wake up every day, right? I'm excited. I'm out of the addiction. So we can sit here and we can talk about all of the offers. And then we can talk from a level of mind, looking at the mind, right? Or we can show up for our life. We can show up in alignment. And then, then, then work on your business. 
right? Then go build a billion dollar empire. That's real easy to do, but it's a totally different orientation. Most of the time, the people that I'm speaking to as I move through life, their lights are off. There's no one home. It's like a walking iRobot movie. It's like zombie town. It's just like, there's egos upon egos. And of course, of course, it's like, you're wrong. I'm right. Let's war against each other. Let me say it this way because you said it that way. And let me like keep, it's all sticky. It's just other sides of the same coin. It's sticky, 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 sticky. It's like, how about if we just move out of that conversation completely? Let's move over here, right? You want to have a protest? Get silent, sit on a mat, resonate. That's a great protest, right? Come from alignment, come from that place. That's powerful, right? So it's so cool. It's so exciting. When you start to play in this space and you can probably feel it as we're speaking it out, you're going to say, it's uncanny. I just had 15 ideas I didn't have yesterday. I didn't have five seconds ago. Obviously, right? Now you're available. Now you're creative. So let, let's allow this in, right? Let's allow all of it in. Let's allow this level of freedom in. Let's allow this level of creativity in. And then you won't be able to help but be a match for abundance because abundance is fully abundant. It's like taking your hand and your finger and rubbing it alongside of a Swarovski crystal glass. It's in wholeness. So you can't have a full abundance of creativity and love and compassion and not have an abundance of money. It goes together. It's not separation. Nothing will be separated. It'll only be oneness. It'll only be like, 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 like all equal signs, right? It's not net neutral. It's not half, half. It's not this much potency and this much static. It's just net positive. So you won't be able to miss it, but you won't be worried about it because you will already be there. It's already done. You're already feeling the feeling of being in abundance. The reason we keep focusing on money and having it and not having it is because we actually want all the things I just talked about. That's why you want it. But if you jump into it head first, when you wake up every morning, when you go to sleep every night, it follows you and then you don't even think about it then you don't even notice it. It's just part of it. And it's not that important, really. This other stuff is way more important. Cultivating creativity, cultivating this in children, cultivating this in your life, being a stand for this so that other people start to wake up. So I hope that you found that helpful. Here are the takeaways. Number one, love is not a feeling or an emotion. Love is a higher state of being. Number two, find the beauty in your most ugly behavior. You have to love what you hate most about yourself instead of trying to change it. Have reverence for it. Number three, healing yourself is the greatest activism that you can enact. Number four, energy follows thought. Choose loving thoughts. Number five, forgiving is your natural inclination. Number six, your job in this world is your best yes. Number seven, every person who's ever done anything amazing allowed themselves to overcome themselves so that they could be a vehicle for infinite light, for something jaw-dropping, which is just the energy of connectedness. Number eight, creativity is actually the hook into abundance. It's not about money first, it's creativity first. And to be creative, you've got to be in wholeness. And number nine, let's allow all of it in. Allow this level of freedom in. Allow this level of creativity in. You won't be able to help but be a match for abundance because abundance is fully abundant. Thank you so, so much for listening. I just can't say it enough. I'm so grateful that you're here. We have so many good guests coming up on this show, so make sure that you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and please share it with a friend because you have no idea how much that helps. And maybe, just maybe, it'll touch somebody's day. 
And if you want to come hang out with me for two days, October 20th and 21st, I'll be in Los Angeles with some amazing people, Amy Purdy, Andy Grammer, Candace Nelson, Mark Groves. There's going to be a sound bath. There's going to be meditation. There's going to be hypnosis. We are going to go deep and together we're going to write your future. It's going to be the most epic event we've ever done. You can get your tickets at kathyheller.com slash dreams. And the first eight people who DM me today on Instagram, I will give you a discount code so that you can get there and you can get great seats at a discounted price. Also, if you want to be with me for our Lux retreat, it's October 24th through the 26th. You can go to kathyheller.com slash Lux. And if you are an alumni of any of our programs, you should DM me for special pricing for that. That'll be an amazing three days at my house with a private chef and yoga and meditation And every single person who's there will get a one-on-one session and we will go very deep into opening up to all the abundance that is you, that is your return to your infinite potential. It's pretty incredible and I can't wait to have you in my home. Once again, there's three spots left for that. I love you so much. I'll leave you with a song and I'll talk to you soon.